I also apologize uh, if anybody read the emails. It said that I was doing John 8, I think 42 to 47. I've decided to expand it a little bit and just do the whole thing of verses 31 to 47. I don't think anybody's going to complain too much that I'm reading more scripture, but, you know, it's not your jam. <laughs> it will be projected behind me at some point. <laughs> and once it is, oh, there we go. Perfect. All right, so again, this is John chapter 8, verses 31 to 47. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would, do, you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you were looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I am from God. Abraham did not do such things. You were doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Then Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say? You belong to the father. You belong to your father, the devil, and you, will, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So, Last week, we kicked off this new series on, on truth. Um, so we talked about the truth that Jesus offers. If you, if you missed that, you can go back and, uh, and watch any of, those, any of those videos on our YouTube channel. Um, but today, we're looking at what it looks like when we don't trust or follow in God's truth, um, but instead we follow the father of lies or remain trapped in our sin. So throughout this passage, Jesus is pointing out to the religious leaders that their actions are in conflict with what they claim. So they're arguing that they belong to God, but Jesus says that they're acting like their parent. So your actions, it says a lot about who you truly follow, and that they are actually, because of their actions, they are actually showing that they are children of the devil or the father of lies. They are not children of God. So that's where you see that conflict come in. And so just to, just to set the stage a little bit, uh, this passage, it happens right after the Festival of Booths, or Tabernacles, uh, had happened. And during that time, Jesus had made many claims to the point 
um, of, he was talking about that he was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, uh, and he also made many claims about his own divinity. So the audience of these claims had been a mix between religious leaders who just outright rejected him. They wanted him dead. They were looking for ways to kill him. Uh, those who rejected him were kind of on the fence about the whole death thing. Uh, and those who were just kind of wondering and contemplating if those claims were true. Now Jesus, he starts this particular teaching by telling them that if they hold to his teachings and are his disciples, only at that point will they be set free. And right off the bat, this probably, it did not sit very well with them because they were, their response to this, this claim was that they're Abraham's descendants, that they have never been slaves to anyone, which either is meant to not be taken completely literal or is just a very ironic thing to say because these people who said that definitely knew that their ancestors at many points in their history had been enslaved. Even at that current time when Jesus is talking to them, they're occupied by Rome. Uh, so not exactly enslaved, but definitely not politically free. And they, they definitely know their own history. So it's a very ironic thing to say if they're meaning it quite literally. So it would make a little bit more sense for them to maybe respond to this way, not meaning a physical slavery, but more maybe they were saying that they had never experienced spiritual slavery. So in their views... The Gentiles who worshipped idols, they were certainly enslaved. But them, on the other hand, they didn't worship idols, so obviously they must be free. But Jesus, he was pointing out to them that they were enslaved to sin and death. Um, but they were the sons of Abraham. How could they be needing to be set free? The teaching that Jesus was telling them was implying that they were lacking something. So I think that's where a lot of the anger came from. Uh, or even just what they were telling themselves was a lie. And the lie was that they thought that they weren't enslaved to sins. That they were disciples of God simply because they could trace their history and their lineage back to Abraham. They needed nothing more to be set free. So think about it this way in like our context. Uh, it would be kind of like one of us saying that we're free from sin simply because we were born into a family that attends a church. There's a little bit more to it than that. So the religious leaders, they, they continue and they, they bring up the idea of parent, parents uh, by first insulting Jesus a little bit in verse 41 uh, by saying, we are not illegitimate children. So a little, a little dig at his, the circumstances of his birth. Uh, and then they state that the only father we have is God himself. And Jesus responds to, again, that idea of that spiritual parentage, that actually they were the spiritual children of the devil. I think that would still a little bit more rage in them. So he comes to this, this conclusion because children act like their parent. So we all, have, we all have characteristics that we get from our parents, and that's not just like a genetic thing. Uh, I look very much like my dad, but also I gain a lot of my characteristics and how I act out in the world from my parents. Um, so it's, not, it's, it's more than genetics. It's ways in which we're raised that influence us by someone that plays a part in how we act. So, for example, I have the exact same sense of humor as my father which very much annoys my mother uh, because she, tells, she often tells me that my dad doesn't make any stupid jokes when it's just them alone at home, but as soon as I come over for dinner, all the dumb jokes come out because I laugh at them because I think they're hilarious and she thinks they're really dumb. 
<laughs> I don't know what that says about my sense of humor, but uh, <laughs> I think it's funny. And on the other side, I find as I get older, I find myself saying things and then immediately, and sometimes to my horror, thinking that was my mother that just came out of my mouth. So again, children act like their parents. So Jesus, he's saying here that if Abraham, first of all, if Abraham was truly their father, like they claimed, they would be acting like Abraham did. But they're not. They're trying to, well, they're trying to kill Jesus for one thing. Abraham didn't, he's saying Abraham didn't go around trying to kill people that were sent by the father. So yes, they were physical descendants of Abraham but spiritually, they were the children of the devil. <laughs> Their desires and deeds, they weren't like Abraham's, and they certainly weren't like God's. They demonstrated the quality of the father of lies instead, which was murder and, li- and lying. That's what Jesus quoted here. And they rejected the truth that Jesus brought, and they believed their own lies instead, their own desires. So if God was not their true father, who was? What were they putting their trust in? Their actions, they were showing that they weren't really faithful to God. And Jesus, Jesus was offering them a truth that would set them free from the sin that they were caught in, but they would rather stay in their lies than admit that they needed that saving. And they would rather stay in, in finding validation through things like being born in the right family or being part of the right religious group. So those who characteristically act righteous, uh, they can can prove that they're following Jesus, who is the righteous one. But we have, on the other hand, those who are living sinfully, they're showing their true parentage. Uh, So they're showing the true father is the father of lies, the one who has been sinning from the very beginning. And and I don't want to say that it's a clear-cut situation either. So like in this passage, we have these religious leaders who they wouldn't have said that they were enslaved to sin uh, or that their true father was actually the devil. They would not God. They would not say this. And I think when we hear something that we don't like or something that is wrong or that we're doing wrong, we tend to deny it. Uh, We tend to be very prideful and stubborn and believe that we are always right and we, are, we often are content to stay in our lie or in our sin because of that pride. So what does it look like when we follow the father of lies and not God? Um, I think it just means that like, not acknowledging sin in our lives, thinking that when we're not following God's will or that we have these smaller sins, that it's fine or not trying to find out or not really trying to like, seek out and find what God's actual will is. Uh, and instead kind of following our own path, being content to follow our will and our desires instead of actively seeking out God's will. And I think on that note, a big portion of this is discernment and listening to God. And in kind of in conjunction with that, there's, there's a lot of people speaking into our lives Uh, and some of which are spreading false things, especially in this day and age. We have this huge media thing. Um, And we really need to be able to discern what is truth and what is lies. And I think that just comes from being extra cautious about who we allow to speak into our lives, not just trusting, especially these outside media sources, not just trusting things right off the bat, Um, and also what we are speaking out into the world and what our actions 
show to others. We talk a lot about being disciples of Jesus, but in order for that, that statement to be true, to be a disciple of Jesus, we need to be living in accordance with his words and his teachings. Being a true disciple of Jesus means following the truths that he gave and following his wills and his desires and not ours. In this passage, it shows that they were looking to their lineage to Abraham as proof of their righteousness, believing that it was because of this concept, this connection to Abraham, that they were set free from sin. But Jesus said that it's not enough because only he is capable of setting people free from their sins. And again, Jesus moves this conversation into talking about who was their true spiritual father um, and was arguing that because of their, their actions, uh, because, ch- again, going back to that idea that children act like their parents, uh, that was showing that their true father was not God. Uh, it was actually the father of lies. So we go back to that idea of our actions and, and how we present ourselves to the world show whether we are truly following Christ or not. So how can we discern if our, if our true father is the father of lies, or if we are being true disciples of Jesus with God as our true father. And I think that's where we look at kind of the end of this passage, verses 42 to 47. Uh, So 42 says, if God was your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. So if God is truly your father, then you love Jesus above everything else. And I think we really need to like sit down and ask ourselves these questions. Does Jesus hold the most important spot in my life? Does everything else come second? And just like the people, we all have people around us that we love. Do we want to spend time with Jesus? Like we want to spend time with them. Do we enjoy growing that relationship? Do we love Jesus? And Jesus, it's statement here, that he, that he says that you would love me. It's a, it's a huge difference between what those religious leaders are claiming and the reality of the situation. Because they claim that Jesus is their, they claim that God was their true father. But if that claim was actually accurate, they would have accepted and loved the one that, fa- that the father sent. And G- because at this point, Jesus had made his, his origin from the father very clear, and yet they didn't accept him or love him complete opposite. Uh, They rejected him and plotted to kill him. When we get to verses 43 to 44, that's kind of our next clues. So those verses read, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to the father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him when he lies. He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So our second thing is, if God is truly your father, you seek out what God is saying to you. You are seeking to understand God's will and God's desire. And you're seeking it out not because you have to, but because you get actual joy from learning more about God and about his plans in the world. Things like reading our Bibles, we get joy from the opportunity to learn more about God's will from from the scriptures. 
Because in this passage, the religious leaders, they, they were unable to hear what Jesus was saying. They were unable to hear the truths that he was giving because they belonged to the father of lies. They weren't open up to seeking out God's will. They were seeking out their own will. And in connection to understanding God's will is that natural progression of to do as God desires. I think we spend a lot of time in prayer and reading scriptures to find out, you know, what God wants to do in this world, to find out what his will is and how we fit into it. Uh, Because sometimes that can be, that can take a while. uh, And that I think is spending a lot of time in prayer to see where God wants you to and wants you to do. So that natural progression of, of finding God's will and finding his desire, not just for the whole world, but for you as individuals, um, is to do those things, uh, to do as God desires. Our actions, because how we represent ourselves to the world, our actions show who our true father is. Uh, and people see that. They see we are acting out God's will, um, And they see us as true believers of Christ. They see us as Christ followers, uh, not as hypocrites. And that that, that image really damages our witness. So when we change our will and our desires to the will and the desire of God, that it switches things. Our actions show that internal change as well. So we we want our true father to be God. We don't want our true father to be the father of lies. Uh, We want to be a true disciple of Jesus, meaning that we need to abide in the word of God, not just reading our Bibles or saying that we believe in the word of God, but to live that out in the world, to listen and obey his commands and live that out in our lives. To remain in Jesus' word, it means to to hear, to believe, and obey those, those words and those truths that he gives. Believe that message that he, came, that he has given us, that we are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God, as, and, but that Jesus is our Savior. Um, and he is the only one that can rescue us from all of that sin, no matter how big or small it is. That Jesus is the only way to be forgiven. And when we remain in Jesus' truth, that's when we're set free from our sins. So Jesus, he ended this whole, this teaching, this passage with, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So being stuck in our sin and belonging to the father of lies, it's it's not the place that we want to be. We want to hear what God says. We want to belong to God. I'm going to end just with um, a prayer from Thomas Merton, and I'll ask you to join with me as we come before God. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have a desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and am in the shadow of death, I will not fear 
for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my peril alone. Amen.